you have to get them immersed in the experience. And so what I see and, and is we do a lot of, of lip service and, and education. And I'm not knocking that system, but we talk about it a lot. Yeah. And then we go back and nothing happens. Um, and I think and it's, it's, it's for a variety of reasons. It's, it's not, not like a finger pointing thing. And so even like in the workshops that we were talking about is you have to start small. You have to get buy-in. Adults as educators, we're, we're just like our students. Yeah. Um, and so something quick and easy that can literally be done, implemented the very next day. Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Start Ed Up podcast. Member, the Education Podcast Network. Today, we have on Aaron Maurer. Aaron Maurer is, one, the guy behind coffeeforthebrain.com. He is currently the STEM lead for Mississippi Bend AEA. He's the founder of a nonprofit called 212 Steam Labs. And honestly, he's one of the most engaging guys I've been around. When I've gone to his sessions at conferences, I've always been left mesmerized. He's now doing some stuff with Lego as well. And uh, yeah, and I've known him for a long time. He's, he's a friend, and, and but it wasn't because he was a friend I went on the show. He's one of those all-stars that I really want more people, more teachers to be privy to. Uh, and he, we're definitely going to get in some really interesting topics on creativity and design on this one. Uh, so it's for these reasons, I know, I know, I know you love it. But I, honestly, I want you to follow back up with him. He is one of those guys that always gives back, and he's relentlessly helpful. Uh, so take him up on his offer, and he said he'd connect. All right, enjoy this one, Mr. Aaron Maurer. All right, I am now joined live at ISTE 2018 with Aaron Maurer. Aaron, thanks for being on. Thank you so much for having me. This, is, this might be the best part of the whole entire ISTE conference. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> um, so full disclosure, I, and, and this is kind of been funny. I've, I've been doing some episodes where I'm like, I've known this guy for so long. Truly, I've known you for a long time. Um, and, and swear to God, I was just having this conversation last night, and they were talking about some um, – at sometimes we're listening to the same old, same old, and sometimes the same people. There's nothing wrong with people that are still you know, banging the drum because it needs to be banged. Grammatically correct, <laughs> but uh, they're like, who, who are some of those new names? Who are some of the people that that I should see? And I'm like, oh, Aaron Maurer. I said, if you go to his session, you'll be engaged. It will never be a set and get. Um, I remember last year, and, and really last year, ironically, that was the first time I've seen you present. I've mm. been with conferences with you, and you were there, and I couldn't be because I was presenting at the same time, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But I had more fun at your session. And so did everybody else. Like you passed out packets of Legos and you had us go through some design challenges and everything was, was fun. And so um, I, I, this is just my shameless plug for you because you won't do it. <laughs> but if you're wanting to have a presenter or keynote, Aaron Maurer is one of those guys you're like, wow, that was engaging. And it wasn't this cliched Phil stuff. So this is a really long introduction. Aaron... Introduce yourself. Tell who everybody we're here with and everything else. Sure. Well, first, uh, humbled and honored by those by those nice words. Uh, my name's Aaron Maurer, the tall, bald, ugly guy. As I tell people, most people know me through the social media as Coffee Chug or Coffee Chug Books. Um, I spent 14 years in a middle school um, in in Bet North Iowa, and now serve 21 school districts in STEM, and really just doing a lot of what we were just kind of talking about introduction of just supporting and helping educators see that they can indeed do this work so they can turn around and do it with their students. Yeah. Um, and, and now you've kind of, um, you should always talk about visuals on a podcast. Sure. You're wearing your Lego, <laughs> you're wearing your Lego education shirt. 
tell me what uh, you got going on there with Lego. Sure. So Lego has brought back a community of educators, um, really trying to celebrate the, the idea of hands-on learning. Yeah. And so we've got educators from all facets of, of education systems. And really the idea is not so much to push product, even though it's Lego and we all love Lego education and we have that, those, those moments of being a kid, but really trying to change the experience of the classroom um, and, and helping kids find the confidence in themselves to learn how to express, learn, and, and do all those things that we're all working so hard to try to figure out how to make happen. No, I, I, um, I love that. And when you said hands-on experience and, and that was ringing true to me just because um, here we are at a conference. For the record, I, I really like ISTE. Um, but sometimes the digital things, there seems to be a loss, right? That sometimes things are, are disconnected. Uh, it's and, and by the way, this is not a paid advertisement for Lego. But I will say things like Lego kind of go back to the basics of creativity by doing hands-on. Tell me about your insights on going back to the basics, because I know exactly you know exactly what I'm talking about. Sure. I mean, I mean, if we think about like like Lego education and just Lego the product itself, there's a reason that it stood the test of time, and everybody has a memory about it um, because it's tangible. Um, nothing is permanent. You're talking about prototyping. I can try to build something; it doesn't work. I can easily take it apart and and try again. I can express myself however I want. And I think in a lot of classrooms, I mean, we we hear those buzzwords of innovation and and design thinking, and we can fill in the blanks with 40 other hashtags and words. And really what we're trying to get kids to do is embrace their learning. How do we get them to own that learning? And I think it can't be a, a carbon copy, um, mm. you know, brownie recipe effect where, mm -hmm. you know, where everybody's getting the same slice. It's how do we bring things to the experience where kids go, this is how I'm going to express and here's how I'm going to show my learning. And, and you know, whether it's we're talking Lego, um, we're talking cardboard, it, doesn't, it, it could be digital, your entrepreneurial stuff that you're doing, mm -hmm. kids are creating and making and they're doing those things and it looks different at different age levels, groups and goals that we're after. So, um, like, and I just had this conversation with, with Tom Whitby and Tom's been doing this for years and he says, you know, I'm a little frustrated. He says, you know, in some ways we've been talking about the same things and, and it's still talk. Um, what are some of the foundational things that you think that are, are that schools wouldn't be afraid of, you know, cause even on the, on the conversation over here, like what I do is a little bit scary and, and it involves some risks. And so I, I understand sometimes why some schools aren't ready for it. I think that some of the things you're doing, what, what is that first starter piece to really get them going that like every school could agree that this isn't, this is good and it's yeah. not too scary. You have to, what I have found is you have to get them immersed in the experience. And so what mm. I see and, and is we do a lot of, of lip service in, in education. And I'm not knocking that system, but we talk about it a lot. Yeah. And then we go back and nothing happens. Um, and I think and it's, it's, it's for a variety of reasons. It's, it's not, not like a finger pointing thing. And so even like in the workshops that we were talking about is you have to start small. You have to get buy-in. Adults yeah. as educators, we're, we're just like our students. Yeah. Um, and so something quick and easy that can literally be done, implemented the very next day. And once that happens, that I think to me, that forms a catalyst where then all of a sudden they're like, they see the light bulb, they see the smile, the excitement go off with kids. Mm -hmm. They see 40 different answers and they're all, you know, quote unquote, right. And so then, okay, so now what's next? Give me more. Um, and so it's not this this big monster concept. It doesn't require money. It doesn't, you know, I mean, there's a lot of things that are out there that are good, but it's how do we get them, you know, uh, to sit there and go, 
I can do this. Like, and I think it's it's little baby steps. And I think sometimes no, I, we, we no, see it the is. big stuff. You no, know? and that's that's one of the things I like about your presentation. Um, I haven't been to this year's, but you know, last year you had like really practical things. Um, the one that stood out to me the most was when you when you asked your your kids a long time ago make a phone with Legos and they just <laughs> they showed you the single thin layer brick and like that's a phone because yeah. like our phones were you know like, right, like the right. receiver but you you had simple practical things but going back to what you said like the, the thing I love about like conferences like this um, ISTE and ASCD and the other bigs is that there is there's that church camp moment mm-hmm. and. <laughs> You know, we're sitting around the campfire singing Kumbaya, and we're like, I believe this time. Yeah. And it's so fun, and all these, this explosion of ideas and possibilities. And then you get back home, and, and like, I agree, like, it's not, we're not throwing stones. It's just because all of a sudden, what gets in the way? Policy. Mm-hmm. The way we've always done it. Oh, did you go over your student handbook? Oh, did you do this? Oh, did you do that? And then all of a sudden you're like, wait, what was it going to do? And I know at my, at my ripe old age of 46, if, it, if I don't, <laughs> if I don't do it like right then and there, like yeah. I'm going to forget about it. Yeah. Um, so I, 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 I agree, but what you're doing is, um, practical and, and whether it's with Legos, whether it's heck, I mean, I remember I was just uh, at a conference not so long ago, and they go, hey, we're going to do the spaghetti challenge. And I tried not to roll my eyes because I'm like, here we go again. But most people hadn't done it. Yeah. And and it got everybody engaged, and it got everybody thinking. And just simple, practical things like that, um, I just love. And and uh, I would want and encourage any any teacher to do to do that more. Um, tell me some of the other things that you got going on. Uh, you, you've you've got a you've got a nonprofit. And that's also been a learning experience as I'm starting to learn myself. Sure. Tell me about that. Sure. So I have a a nonprofit called 212 STEAM Labs. And the goal was to, um, now that I I help support school districts um, in STEM, I still wanted to not lose sight of what it feels like to be a teacher in the classroom. I wanted to be, I didn't want to be a talking head. I wanted people to know in the work that I do, whether I'm speaking at conferences or, or working with the school districts heavily in, in that work, I want them to know like that I, I, I get what you're going through. So the goal of the nonprofit was to create a, a safe space outside the school day for kids um, that want to explore all things STEM and STEAM mm-hmm. and coding. And we, and we have all sorts of classes. Um, because what I find is as, as, a, as a student, you can find anything you want when it comes to music. You can find all sorts of city symphonies and music and band and all that. You can find, as a student athlete, you can find individual trainers and travel teams. But if you love, say, coding, for an example, where do you, where do you go? I mean, you can find stuff online, but what, in your community, right. anybody listening, like where, where would a kid go for more of that? And not just like two-day yay fun summer camp, but like in-depth pushing. So that's what we tried to create. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was awesome. And through there, you know, I've, I've learned more through failure than I have success. But the, the kids were absolutely phenomenal. And the, probably the biggest thing I learned is creating these safe havens. You know, we talk about it like, like learning spaces in your classroom, like this space where kids feel comfortable to em- embrace who they are. And that's when they just they go. Talk to me about the learning curve. Because <laughs> I'm, 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 I, too, am starting things. And all of a sudden, I started like, wait. What, what do you mean I have to do legal on this? Yeah. And what do you mean I have to do? Yeah. I mean, I got into it because I wanted to continue to teach. Yeah. At, my, at my core, it's, it's, it's what I feel. Right. Um, and I realized very quickly I'm terrible at business. And no. I also realized, and, and terrible in the sense that I, I went into it with zero background knowledge. Not that I, I can't learn it and I yeah. will learn it. But I also, yeah. 
I don't really enjoy it. Like I learned a lot about myself. So it's, it's interesting. Like when even kids come into like the classes and I'll have a, a student or a parent say, well, you know, Bobby really just doesn't like coding. And I'm like, awesome. High five. And the parents look at me like I'm crazy. And I'm mm-hmm. like, they're like, what do you mean high five? I'm like, we just helped him figure out this path isn't for him, but what's the next path? Yeah, like, see, and, and we're doing awesome. it at the age of eight, nine, ten. Like, so you're not going to college spending three, four thousand dollars for credit and then realizing that's eh, not really a good fit for me. Right. So it's the same thing in this like the business thing. I was like, I I don't like this, but there are people who love it. Like, yeah. so now how do I how Mark do I it off? well or just <laughs> telling the parent, like, hey, you know, if he was gonna major in this in college and then decided he didn't like it, I just saved you twenty five thousand dollars. Exactly. That's what I said. Yeah, you've got you still got these kids got ten more years to figure out what they like. Absolutely. No, the the reason why I asked and, and what I loved hearing is I mean, obviously know my passion for entrepreneurialism and innovation. Um, like watching you learn this and then also be undeterred has been inspirational because um, the safe thing, well, your first statement, you're like, cause I still wanted to teach and, and you tried to blend two worlds in one and you'll get there. Right. And that's like taking that hero's journey that I think a lot of people want to take, but they're afraid to take. And it is, and it's scary and it's awful. And I mean, one of the things we're doing with our foundation is like, we're doing web, you know, like we're doing webisodes. We're showing kids. They're like, I've got this idea and it's going to be amazing. And then three <laughs> weeks later, they're like, yeah, everybody hates what I have <laughs> yeah. and I have to change it. And then us going, that's so awesome. Yeah. Yeah, because it is awesome, right? Unless you think it's terrible, and 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 of course, I'm sure you will tell this to people as I will. Entrepreneurialism is not for everybody, no. Especially if you're married and over twenty five. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I'm forty six, and and uh, although I've always been an entrepreneur, I actually had somebody call me out, and they're like, "What do you know about entrepreneurism? What have you started?" I'm like, "Well, I've started several things." You know, none of it's your business. And honestly, most of it I've never talked about, right. you know, and, and some of it was with real estate and et cetera, et cetera. But like, there was like this, how dare you start talking about entrepreneurialism if you are an entrepreneur? And I'm like, well, A, I'm an entrepreneur, but B, I'm also learning. Yeah. Like the, the most seasoned entrepreneur started off with nothing. And, uh, and, and, I'm, and I'm hoping when more people start looking at this and go, what can I do? And also being just an entrepreneur, we're talking about this on the walkover. One of the things that I think that gotcha moment I have with a lot of schools is they're like, you know, why do I need to listen to this? And I said, because a lot of reports, and the most famous is Forbes, in two years, no, less than two years now, half the nation's jobs are going to be freelance or gig economy. If you're not out there looking for yours, no one else cares. Right. The job of a guaranteed, um, the the, the idea of a guaranteed job at that Ford or GM plant is is not a factor anymore. So I, I... I love that you took that journey. I love that you're being transparent about it. But I also like the fact that you are, you're trying to blend those two worlds. And then also then impart that mindset also into the parents. Yeah. Because when they said, you know, high five, they didn't like it. Matter of fact, what was their reaction when <laughs> you, you get, said that? It's, it's that? it's that very wonderful moment of awkward silence. And they don't even know, they're not even equipped for it. They're waiting for like, oh, I'm so sorry. Or do you want a refund? Or yeah. no, it's okay. I'm just like, this is, this is great. Like, um, but I say that, with, 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 I do want to put in a caveat. Because I think something that, that gets misconstrued, at least from my own opinion, is the idea of, of failure. And so even though I'm high-fiving the kid doesn't like it, I think we, in, in, in the social media realms and education, we talk about how awesome failure is. Um, I think it's vital to learning. I've learned more through my failure. However, failure sucks. Oh, yeah. I hate it. It's and, embarrassing. Um, even like 
the idea of like, so I've closed like the physical space to a nonprofit because the vision that I have just, it just hasn't worked out the way I had it in my head. Mm -hmm. um, and so now it's like, what, where do we, are we turning right or left? Because going straight wasn't, it just wasn't working. And yeah. not that it, it was bad or right, wrong or indifferent, um, but it's a terrible feeling. Like I've been a mess and I sit there and I, now I keep thinking about when we create these experiences in our classroom with kids, like, and I watch that kid be frustrated. I have to realize that on a, on a, on a small scale, he's feeling that same emotion I'm feeling. Yeah. And so, or, or her, I shouldn't just say he. But how do I now help them get through that? Mm -hmm. Because these last couple of weeks of admitting mm. that my idea didn't work mm -hmm. is very, very hard because I don't like things not to work. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, no, so I, I say I, I say it with a caveat because everybody's like, failure's great, you know, fail fast and fail often. And it's like, but failure's terrible. Like, it's there's no, nothing fun about it. It's essential, but it's, right. there's nothing enjoyable about it. And I think yeah. sometimes we forget that. Yeah. Right? No. Well, I, there, the only the only asterisk I'll put sure, in there sure. is video games. Oh yeah. Although I've also seen my son, our first Wii U. I've ne I've never seen his behavior. He punched the screen. So when I, you know, a lot of times I'll, I'll make my example of kids love failure. They press reset. Well, I've also seen kids, yes. what was their term? Toxic. Yeah, yeah. So Grant was, uh, this was right when uh, Super Mario Maker came out. Oh, yeah. And all of a sudden I heard him go, oh, oh. <laughs> and then I looked up and I see him punch the screen. And then he was like, oh, no, oh, no. I just broke the Wii U <laughs> controller. Um, so as soon as I was about making it ready to make a point, yeah, I remembered yeah. that even Grant thought it sucked that he failed. No, but I mean, but I, but I like those kind of starter things that if it, you know, it failed and you're like, okay. Yeah. You know, just kind of like the way I've seen some people play cards in Vegas, you know, the, all of a sudden it's gone. They're like, yep. And I'm like, oh, aren't you devastated? Oh, I'll get it back. Yeah. You know, and, and uh, so, you know, if, if there is more, uh, you know, I was just talking to Michael Matera on gamifying things. And he's like, he's like, sometimes he's like, we try to like quell competition down so much because it's not fair and it's not nice. Right. Right. right? He's like, sometimes, it, you know, it kind of rules to win. And if it doesn't, it's like, it's not like you're going, going away like, oh, I didn't, you know, I'm not on the leaderboard in my social studies thing is you're like, damn it, I'm going to be on the leaderboard in my yeah. social studies thing. Like, it's it's that not accepting failure. Yes, you're right. It right, sucks, right. but like it doesn't have to be forever. No, it doesn't. I mean, in the video games, it's still that it's it's like that question mark in Mario Brothers that I can't quite figure out in my life because like my son is diehard video game junkie, yeah. and he would probably cringe that I talk about it. But like, I mean, he's like a PUBG. We could do a PUBG versus Fortnite, but oh. for the sake of this, the time that we have, he's a PUBG guy, and I watch him. Invest. So he's he's authentic Under, and old school. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. He's invested in the strategy, and I watch him fail over and over and over, and he doesn't get. I mean, you hear him hoot and holler, but he's studying videos. You know, he's watching YouTubers, yeah. and he's looking for, and he's invested more in learning and research and development through this video game than I've seen him invest in his education. And I, I'm not <laughs> knocking the school. That's not no, I'm no, not, no. But I mean, from from because that's from, his time. From that personal investment in him, I'm sitting there going, this guy. Whatever yeah. he finds a passion for in life, at some point it won't be video games. I mean, right. I, you, you do have. I mean, unless he finds a living for it, like he's going to be okay because he is showing yeah. the grit, the dexterity. But it's but it's through that lens of video games. So now it's like, how do I get you off the couch and do that in other realms? Yeah, you know, like clean your room. Yeah, can we, can we get one tenth of that? You Hello. Know? <laughs> I mean, it's just so it, it, yeah. it is very fascinating because yeah. like watch him, he will fail for sixteen hours and not once be upset. Yeah, you know. No, um, I, I I had that I had that moment. Matter of fact. Um, 
my wife pointed it out to me. One time I was giving Grant a hard time for watching Dan TDM. Uh, this is a couple years ago. And I'm like, Grant, why are you watching somebody build on Minecraft? And he looked straight. He, he paused. First of all, he like pressed the pause button. He looked at me. He goes, I'm learning how to be better. And he's like, like almost gave me the duh. Yeah. <laughs> like this is my tutoring right here. And then and then um I think it was my wife that pointed out. She's like, Donnie, didn't you used to watch this week in baseball every Saturday morning? I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Why'd you watch that? Because I wanted to hit like Pete Rose and Tony Gwynn. Right. Oh, I just gave away my age. But um so no, I mean he he's getting better and okay. and uh and yeah, pushing past it and and <laughs> good point. Yeah. Um so other cool resources that uh let, let, let's just go um, let's, let's stick to elementary right now and we'll work our way up, but cool elementary resources to start fostering that, that I hate to say maker mentality, but that doer, that, that person that wants to start tapping into creativity. Sure. I mean, there's tons of things with Lego we've, we've, we've talked on, on Lego here a little bit. Something else that I used recently with two outstanding fourth grade elementary teachers. Um, please name them. So one is, uh, Angela Clayton. And um, other one is Taylor Van Horst. And so uh, what they did was they're fourth grade and they're trying to figure out end of the year when kids are checking out, they're trying to figure out how in the world do we get informational text reading standards, like in a way that actually excites kids. Mm-hmm. So we brought in, I brought in, I gave them 50 micro bits, these ch- tiny little microcontrollers. And we were reading the Wild Robot Escapes, the sequel to the Wild Robot, which was the global read aloud. So probably a lot of people know Pernille Rip and that, that thing. So every chapter we were reading um, and I was like this mysterious robot and we created coding challenges to go with each of the of the chapters and so they were reading and then they were learning some basic foundations of coding but along the way they were building they built a, their own robot out of cardboard and recyclable and and then we tore it all down to understand and they're like but it's it's my robot but yeah but we're, we're prototype like nothing's ever ever finished you know and then then they were going through and then we started teaching them um just real simple things and make coaches drag and drop mm-hmm. but the kids were like, but I want them to talk. And like, well, there's a way. Mm-hmm. And I had fourth graders coding in Python oh. through informational text reading while they're also doing their reading yeah. and with two teachers that have never done anything. And they just took it on. And I, the, the, the openness, the mindset of these teachers, um, and we just talked about how it transformed their classroom. Mm. They were getting everything done. So it wasn't one more thing on their plate. You know, teachers already have 20 hours of things to get done in an eight-hour day. But we were able to cover standards. We were mm. able to do it in a seamless way. If their stuff worked, they read it. Like, I mean, you know, and we started talking about, does it always have to be words? Could it be video? Could it be, you know, we started yeah. having all these conversations and the kids were rocking and rolling. And when I came in and saw them, they were all wanting to, look at my robot, look at my robot. Yeah. So we've got all these Flipgrid videos. They're like asking questions and they're showcasing their stuff. And we created like compasses and GPS. Oh. And we're talking fourth graders. I was just gonna, End of the yeah. year, the last two weeks of school. And so now we've scaled that out. Now we're going next year, like design thinking. We do Lego design thinking workshops. So awesome. all these collaborative things with Lego and then we're going to build mm. back into it. And so it, there's a way and it's giving yourself the okay as an educator to go, you know, we hear it a lot. We don't, I don't have to know everything, yeah. but I have to be here to support these kids. Yeah. And I just got to know where to look if, if I don't know. And well, and to your point, and I'm not trying to make you sound like the hero, but like the teachers that were willing to do it, they also leaned on you. Yeah. And I'm sure now that they're the experts now, they, they probably can like, you know, I can, 
I can do this next year. They came up with so many great ideas, and that's the beauty of it, right? Like it's yes. it's, it's, it's just giving the high five, going, "You're awesome. Keep doing." Like you, yeah. you are the professionals, and now they're going, "But we could do this." And like, mm-hmm. yeah. And the kids are like, "We should do this." And yeah. they're like, they the take kid, ownership. The kids just gave you a whole entire curriculum of projects, and so I think it's big. Even like you come here to ISTE of these conferences, it's that like. Yeah, you're going to learn ideas and tools and tips and all those things. But really what's more important is like find these people that you can hone in on. Yes. You know, and, and, and you've mentioned you and I have known each other forever. But like you're one of the few people, uh, there's a handful of people that I've been able to find. You can have those honest conversations for pushback and, and dialogue of how to get better. And I think that's something that I think is, is missing is to find those people. Yeah. Um, and, no. And you, that's hard. And so it if, is. You, if you sit in those sessions and you have those, those aha moments we talked about, make sure you don't don't stop connecting with those people. Like who'd you have the aha moment with? Get mm-hmm. their name, talk to them, email them. Cause they're all in the same boat. We're all trying to figure this out together. Yeah. Um, well, so. we are, and we're not. I, right. I mean, I was having this, uh, I probably shouldn't speak for him. The person I'm, I'm spending a lot of time with at this conference. And he was just saying that, you know, there's people that he used to be able to collaborate with until his name got a little bit bigger. And now they, mm. they want to suppress that, which kind of, depresses me but right right uh but no i mean for the most part yeah that most most are in this together and and they want to see how it works the, the the thing that this lights me on fire is that whole you brought something new to two teachers who are now going to take that candlelight and spread out the light other other places and and get them to present and like here's what we did in our classroom and just let that whole culture grow that's um yeah that's everything yeah. I, I dig that. The the other thing that, um, as you were telling that story, uh, was just how I, I met this department head at uh, Carnegie Mellon, and um, he was trying to work with schools, and he said that he's, this is a high school thing now, but he said um, he wants more computer science classes to be co-taught with English teachers. Yes. And so he's like, and there's this long pause because you may be asking why. And, and, and it was, and actually it was, it was annoying. This was a, this was, um, and, and I'm not casting doubt on, on this conference. But this was at South by Southwest EDU. This was, a, he was the department head of Carnegie Mellon. This guy should be filling the house. Right. There was like 15 people there. It was it, heartbreakingly. And he was talking about AI and all this other cool stuff. Like he was like this, and I'm trying to remember the guy's name, but he's like the head of yeah. also of AI. And I'm like, I'm, I'm hanging on every word he's got. But anyway, so he says, one of our missions is I'm trying to get more high school CS teachers to co-teach with English teachers. And he says, because we need to ha- start have a, start looking at things differently. He says, no offense, but sometimes our CS people aren't the most creative, aren't the most empathetic. And he says, and also we have to start talking about ethics. Just because we have been so fascinated on if we can, we haven't paused and said, but should we? Right. Is it right? Is it ethical? Um, point. And uh, yeah, it's actually weird. <laughs> this guy was kind of scaring me about how fast <laughs> AI was moving. But uh, like, same thing. Like you, you had, you were doing you and and the integration part that you're used to. But now you've evangelized and you've made these teachers now not only adhere to it, but now they're like. They're almost like, I'm sure that they're nice. They're like, okay, you know what, Aaron? This is awesome. We got it. Right, right. And you know what? We have this, 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 and this, and this, and they have everything else. And now you can go focus on those next teachers. Yeah. And I, I just, that to me 
is how change it, well not to me as that is how change works and and uh I just, I, I don't know, I love that story of how you just kind of converted the whole thing. Yeah, and they're going to be such a catalyst for their own building, too. I mean, now those kids are talking and, and they by talk the, to their brother. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it just, it, it infiltrates, and it infiltrates in a good way. Like, it's, it's you know, it's kind of like the idea virus of, like, Seth Godin stuff, but, like, the mm-hmm. small education setting, like, they're going to go, like, these all <laughs> these these 50 robots that were doing things. Like, yeah. everybody wants to know what is going on. Yeah. Like, and it's kudos to them for making it happen you know creating the space yeah. for it to happen yeah and it's it's, it's and having awful. the willingness to go i have no idea what i'm yeah. doing but this yeah. is going to be yeah. awesome and to own it and and, right. and but not use it as a barrier to not do it like they use it and said okay now help me help me figure some of this out so i can be helpful to the to the students so i can actually function so the teacher yeah. you know what i mean and that's like there's that mindset like we need more educators right like that okay not that i'm slamming because i'm not exactly from a state that is silicon valley but tell everybody where you're at. We're in Iowa. Yeah, yeah. good old good old state yeah. Of Iowa. Yeah, yeah. And and, and I, I I mean I was hoping maybe there'd be some people like, well, he's probably in Palo Alto or he's yeah. probably in Boston. <laughs> now you're in is it Bettendorf? It's in Bettendorf. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Neither, town. Yeah, and you got communities. You know, it's right next to a nice huge family farm. Yeah, you know? and it's it's awesome. Yeah. No, I I, just, I love pointing that because there was a, a friend of ours that was doing some really cool things in, in South Dakota. And um, he even said, he's like, you know, and he said this with some degree of pride. He's like, there is no more irrelevant state than South Dakota. <laughs> he's like, we're known for nothing. Right, <laughs> and, right, and, right. And, and, uh, and so it was just kind of uh, funny. And, well, actually, I guess Mount Rushmore. But I mean, and, yeah, I, and right, he, right. he was like, obviously, he was making, you know, self-deprecating humor. But he's like, but he thought that was a badge of honor because when you do really cool things where people don't expect it, right? you're winning. Yeah. You're winning. Yeah, you're winning. Okay. <laughs> so I love this conversation. And especially so some of these resources, some of the things you're talking about, where can we find them? So I've got a blog, Coffee for the Brain, um, and it's all things nerdy. One of the things that I try to do in everything in my own learning, all these things are documented. I, I blog, I have a ton of YouTube videos. They're all nothing fancy, nothing polished, but it's just the goal is to people can can log on, see it, and then use it. And as long as it inspires one other person yeah. to go out and do. Um, so the, the blog is designed just for that. It's, it's, it's food for thought. There's ideas that kind of create some pushback, but really there's just a lot of like, Here's how you use hot glue to create, you know, Lego modes that light up with LEDs. And here's a video on how to do this. And it's just the goal is just to continue to get people to see that it's okay to share. Because I still think as much as there's a lot of sharing, there's a lot of amazing people out there that aren't confident in sharing. And so if we're going to push that, yeah. we got to model it. No, and so it's... I'm trying to model those things. And it doesn't have to be this final fancy production. You know, you, my YouTube videos are about as low key as you can get. Right. But they work. So no, I, so, I dig yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, obviously, we both kind of have a reverence for both people like Seth and, and Gary. Yeah. And that's the one thing that, that really struck a chord with me finally with Gary. He's like, don't worry about creating content, document what you do. Yeah. And um, my fear of having everything produced beautifully. I mean, somebody asked me the other day, how do you find time to do all these podcasts? I'm like, <laughs> dude, they're 30 minutes. Well, but all that extra time it takes, I'm like, Okay, if somebody accidentally says, oops, I shouldn't have said that, or please edit it out, now I'm like, oh, that's two more minutes of editing. (laughs) For the most part, I put an intro, I put an outro, and uh, I try to, you know, almost in a Joe Rogan format, like just have a conversation. So I'm like, I don't want it to be perfect. I want to have two, I want to have, you know, conversations that are hopefully positive and people to go, dang, I need to 
who's this guy? Aaron Maurer? I need to I need to connect with him. So yeah, that's my last shameless plug for you, but um, <laughs> and it is it's it's fun to document and, and get more teachers to do it. I, I I will say, and this is my last bit. It, like in my class this year, I think there is now seven different podcasts mm. because the students are like, why do you get to talk to him? I want to talk to that lady or I want to do. And so all of a sudden a podcast. And so as God's my witness, Grant comes up to me and by, by the way, I hope Grant, Grant, if you're listening, buddy, I'm going to hold you to this. So my eight year old comes up to me. And so Ava now is starting to kill it. Yeah, Ava's podcast yeah, is, yeah. yeah, it's going to be passing mine. And so uh, Grant goes, why don't I want a podcast? And I'm like, why? He goes, well, I want to talk to really cool people from YouTube. <laughs> and of course it's like sure. YouTube. And I said, okay. I said, what's your format? I don't know, but I want one. I said, no, that's not going to fly, Grant. What's your plan? He says, okay, well, I think I just like to ask him a lot of questions about things you didn't know. Mm. So I was like, okay, so what's the title of your show? I bet you didn't know. I'm like, you know what? Let's go with it. Yeah. So credit the kid. He started making a list of 20 YouTubers that he awesome. wanted to contact. Like like looking over the, the list, it's not going to, you know. Right. Good luck, kid. Right. But uh, uh, but no, it's it's just been fun to see them wanting to be creators, and then again, like you're talking about, not have to worry about it being too polished, just doing it, man. Right. So right, and I think there's a, there's a real value in that authenticity. I think I mean, there's so much polished yeah. stuff. You know, I always say there's in social media, there's there's a lot of polished turds, and so just keeping it real and authentic. And I think no matter what you do, like as long as you're authentic and real, people will see that. Absolutely. You know, and that and that's where the that's where the magic happens. Yep. So, all right. Tell everybody where they can find you. Yep. So once again, uh, coffee, coffee, chug bucks on Twitter, coffee for the brains, my website, and you can find everything else right there. Aaron Maurer. It has been a pleasure. It has been, I like having conversations that are fun. So thank you. Sometimes I, sometimes I sound angry on online. <laughs> I'm not. So thank you for allowing me to have this breath, fresh air guys follow up. This is a guy that I'm telling you, he's been doing it. And every time people leave his session or work with him, they go, you know what? I can do that. And, and I think that's about the greatest compliment I can give an educator is he also educates the educators and people go, that's less intimidating. I can do that. So, all right. Thank you much, Aaron. Yeah, this is Don Wetrick reminding you again. Opportunities are everywhere. We'll see you.